How do we process what has happened with the two Michaels and Meng Wanzhou? What does it mean for Canada? What does it mean for diplomacy? What does it mean for our standing in the world? To discuss more about it, I'm pleased to welcome back to the program Dr. Stephanie Carvin, an associate professor at Carleton University and a former national security analyst. Stephanie, can we put it in to as a, a simple um, a, a discussion as winners and losers here? You know, that's a really interesting question. And I... <sighs> Okay, in the first instance, I would say that all the countries got something they wanted out of this deal, right? So, it, it, I, and I do believe the deal was the best possible outcome under the current circumstances. Uh, the United States got Meng Wanzhou to admit that Huawei was engaged in wrongdoing. And I don't actually think we should underestimate the value of that. You know, short term, it may seem pretty insignificant, but I think long term, as the United States is, is trying to wage this campaign against Huawei, it will factor into their, their campaign. China obviously gets Meng back, and that, that's what they wanted. In Canada, we have two Michaels back. And the only thing I, I should probably add there is, you know, I, I'm very, I'm, you know, I'm pleased as punch that they're, they're back. But at the same time, uh, there's a number of other Canadians being detained that we don't talk about as much, like Hussein's uh, Salil. And, um, you know, he's still very much in detention. So the detention issue isn't exactly over yet. So all that to say is, yes, everyone did get something that they wanted. But in the law, it, you know, we need to kind of think about this in the short term, medium and long term. In the short term, I think China probably can claim that, you know, it, it got the thing it wanted the most. But in the long term, you know, I think we can raise serious questions as to whether or not hostage diplomacy actually works and whether or not um, Meng admitting wrongdoing may actually um, play out more significantly than perhaps what's anticipated. Stephanie, I've been fascinated by watching the kind of counter narratives play out over the course of the weekend, I think. And I would like you to address two of them. Now, let's start with the first one. One, uh, you have Canada managed to clearly state its case, keep the two Michaels fate on the table. Uh, we skillfully played our, our hand as a middle player in foreign uh, diplomacy. The counter narrative is there is that Canada's stature uh, in the world has been diminished by all of this. What's your take? Can all of the above be true? Um, <laughs> I think it's a little bit of all that. I mean, to be honest, um, you know, this is all happening in a really interesting context, right? Because you have Australia, the United Kingdom, and the United States coming together in this kind of nuclear subpack, but. Also, again, kind of suggesting they're now looking to the Indo-Pacific as this kind of major strategic area. The European Union is developing its Indo-Pacific policy. And where's Canada? Well, we haven't released a foreign policy in over 15 years. Like it's banana pants. And I'm going to use that term as a scholar, banana pants, <laughs> that we don't actually think about, you know, where where we should be going with all this, right? Like, I mean, um, we need a foreign policy. We need to be thinking about these issues and we need to look at countries like China and figure out, okay, well, how do we, what are our interests and how do we achieve those interests and who do we want to achieve them with? We're a middle power. We're never going to be able to do this by ourselves, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do everything at all. And that seems to be what, in fact, we're doing nothing. The, the, the other one that I'm fascinated by is um, hostage diplomacy. You touched on it a little bit uh, that it, that China has realized that it does not work. And then <laughs> you flip to another uh, prognosticator who says, uh, clearly China has won uh, and it does work. And is it a reset? What, what's your estimation? 
I think we can make an argument that plausibly it worked in the short term, but I'm not sure that hostage taking is the viable long term strategy, right? Because countries are going to adapt and, you know, a number of countries around the world are not going to tolerate their citizens being kidnapped in order to circumvent the rule of law, which is exactly what happened in this case. And it's so funny that we've seen, and when I say funny, I don't mean haha, I mean like, hmm, um, that we're seeing. You know, China put out all these statements now about, you know, oh, this wasn't hostage taking and, you know, even accusing of Michael Spavor or Michael Koberg of being a spies, which they were most definitely not. Um, all these kinds of ideas uh, that are out there that, you know, this is, you know, somehow just normal activity for China to have been engaging in, which of course it isn't. So, you know, I think that there is damage that has been done to China, certainly in terms of just Canada alone. We've seen the, you know, the popularity of China go down to something like 14% among, among Canadians. I mean, that's a huge damage. And yeah, maybe China can turn around and say, look, you're a country of less than 40 million people. We don't need you. That's the size of a medium Chinese city. But you keep doing that to more and more countries. And a G7 country like Canada, that eventually has blowback, right? And so I think that in the end, I'm not sure that, again, hostage taking is a viable diplomatic strategy. Um, and I do think that, you know, China's reputation is starting to hurt a bit from this. Mm, all right. Well, I got one minute. Here's one. Uh, Trudeau, winner or loser coming out of it? Um, I think there was a social media controversy as to whether or not he should have rolled up his sleeves when he said to Michael. We might start there. Um, you know, it looked very good that, that you know, he got the two Michaels released. I, I think in the end, his winner or loser status is not going to be determined um, now. It's going to be determined on what he does next. Do we see a decision on Huawei? Because we've been waiting for years for a decision on Huawei. Do, you know, do we actually develop a foreign policy and a strategy towards the Asia Pacific. Um, do we, you know, forget this idea that, you know, having free trade with China is a viable idea. I'm pretty sure that idea is dead, but like, you know, you can't treat China like a normal country. It, it just, it's not going to work anymore. It's a right, you know, it's a, it's a country that sees itself as a rising superpower and is acting accordingly. So what's our response? So I, like I said, I would take a pass on answering that question, winner or loser. I think I want to see what he does with this. And then um, especially with his new mandate and, and where we go from here. Leaves are already rolled up. Stephanie Carvin, thank you so much again for your time. Thank you for having me on. There's Dr. Stephanie Carvin, an associate professor at Carleton University and a former national security analyst. Stay with us. This is Global News Radio.